Thank you for tuning in to the Voice of the Victim podcast. We discuss a lot of sad and potentially triggering things on this show. We try to be as sensitive and cautious as possible, but if you are sensitive to things involving abuse and may be triggered, please think twice before listening to our show. Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Rosie. And full disclosure, I slipped on the ice today, hit my (laughs) tailbone. Uh, Here's the full story. My Jeep, which is from 1999, was parked at the end of the driveway. And I needed to move it further in so Rosie had space to park. But the battery was dead, so I had to push it. While I was pushing it, it hit this spot in our driveway where it kind of goes downhill, and then it started rolling towards our garage. So I ran to try to get in the driver's seat to hit the brakes and sear it, and while I was running, I slipped on some ice, hit my tailbone really hard, and then I had to get up like right away so I could stop the car from rolling into the garage. Anyway, I'm... Wounded? Yeah. Yeah. And so, full disclosure, I, I'm having a little bit of whiskey today. Which is a bummer, because we go on our trip tomorrow. Yeah, I really hope that... So... It, it, I think it's just a bruise, so yeah. it should feel better within a couple days. There's really no option. It has to be a bruise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's fine, um, because I can still, you know, function. It just really hurts to walk right now. But anyway... <laughs> Enough about that. Um, Before we get started, we want to thank two of our new patrons, Hannah and Gabby. Thank you, Hannah, and thank you, Gabby. It's awesome. We appreciate you guys, and we appreciate all our patrons. Um, Thank you for all the support you've given us, whether it's in the past or currently. We appreciate you. All right, so this week we're sharing a story that's time-sensitive because there are missing children involved. And we're going to post their pictures over on our Instagram and Facebook. Um, But the story isn't complete yet. Um, It's still kind of a mystery. It's in the air. So we'll be sharing what we know so far. But the kids are 7-year-old Joshua Vallow, who goes by JJ, and then 17-year-old Tylee Ryan. So, again, we'll post their pictures on Instagram. Keep an eye out for them. But we're going to share what we know their stories. Um, so it starts with two adults. With that said, who are we talking about tonight, Rosie? Well, there are many people involved in this story, but it all revolves around Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. So we're going to go through a timeline that was posted to the Facebook group for this case and share what we know about it. Chad Guy Daybell was born in Provo, Utah back in 1968. Five years later, in 1973, Lori Noreen Cox was born in San Bern- Bernardino. Bernardino County, California. She had a sister named Stacy and two brothers named Alex and Adam. 
So at this point in time, Chad is 51 and Lori is 46. But back in 1985, something life-changing happened to Chad. While he was still in high school in Springville, Utah, he went cliff jumping, which sounds so fun. Yeah, it's when you jump off a cliff into water and just hope to God you don't land on a rock. Uh, I don't think I could do it, but at this point, he was 17 years old. This particular jump didn't go too well for Chad. He apparently had a, quote, near-death experience, and afterwards he talked about how he crossed into another dimension. This particular jump didn't go too well for Chad. He apparently had a near-death experience, and afterwards he talked about how he crossed into another dimension. He told people this is when he realized that there was a world beyond ours. Chad Daybell graduated high school in 1986, and in 1987, he went on an LDS mission to New Jersey. I wonder if this was a result of his spiritual awakening that he had when he almost died. I'm sure it had something to do with it, right? The whole other dimension thing? Yeah, you'd think. In August of 1989, Chad Daybell got a job as a cemetery sexton in Springville, Utah, and also started college at Bring- Brigham Young. Brigham Youth. Brigham, Brigham Young. Sorry. Yeah, Young. Man. Who, as you know, is one of the key players in the LDS Mormon church, but this college is owned by the LDS. Um, Really? Yeah. Also, a cemetery sexton, because I was like, what the heck is a sexton? It sounds kind of bad. Yeah, it's just a fancy name for the caretaker of the grounds at a cemetery. Well, that's a really odd title. Anyway. The more you know. In 1990, he took a trip to California while he was there, he visited a beach called La Jolla Cove. I think it might be La Jolla. Oh. Uh, because you know, there's a lot L's. of Spanish names in California. Yeah, I, that does make sense. So, yeah. But this trip to the beach did not go too well for him either. While he was there, Chad was swimming when he hit a monstrous wave. It swept him off of his feet and started tossing his body around like a rag doll. Oh, this is scary. Mm-hmm. He nearly lost his life again. And after this, he told people he crossed over again and visited his grandfather while he was nearly drowning. He claims that he saw his future children. Okay. That's, that is crazy. This is why I always warn you about the undertow when you're going out into the ocean. (laughs) Anyway, this experience stuck with him and he even wrote a book about it. And I definitely don't recommend it, but it's easy to find online. Around this time, Chad was dating a girl named Tammy Douglas, and on March 9th, 1990, they tied the knot. Lori Cox graduated high school in 1991 in Rialto, California. Rialto? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so keep in mind, this is the timeline, so it jumps around between people. But at this point, Chad and Lori have not connected yet. Okay. While in college, Chad worked as an editor for the school paper. He had an interest in journalism, and in April of 1992, he graduated from BYU with a bachelor's degree in journalism. Good for him. Yeah. After this, he started working for the Standard Examiner paper in Ogden, Utah. This same year, Lori got married. She was still a teenager, fresh out of high school, but this marriage didn't last long, and it ended in divorce. Yep. Lori got married again a few years later, on October 22, 1995, to a man named William John... LaGoya. Oh. 
They lived in Travis County, Texas. They had a baby boy named Colby. I think that's such a cute name for a boy. Yeah. So it always reminds me of cheese. In December of 1995, Chad again started working as a sexton for a cemetery in Springville, Utah. And two years later, he again had a strange experience. While working at the cemetery, he claims he heard voices telling him that he should write a book. Yeah, and this becomes kind of a theme in his life. And he later did write a book. The next year, on February 25th, 1998, Lori and William got a divorce. Sadly, a few months after that, on May 25th, 1998, Lori's sister, Stacy Lynn Cope, died suddenly of diabetic shock. Lori and Stacy's brother, Alex, was the only one home with her at the time. So, what he did after this was a little weird. Shortly after she died, Alex was using her credit card. Uh-oh. I don't know what he was buying, but that's kind of weird to me and makes me a little suspicious. But, I don't know. Back to the timeline. On St. Patrick's Day of 1999, Chad found a little success with his writing career. He had just published a new book called An Errand for Emma. It was a fictional story set in 1868. And the main character was a teen girl based on Chad's then four-year-old daughter. A paper article ended up featuring Chad's book. A couple years later, Chad decided he wanted a change from the cemetery. And in April of 2001, he started working at a place called Access Computer Products in Provo, Utah. It sounds like this was just a store that collected old electronics and parted them out, sold oh. the parts, maybe fixed okay. electronics. Also in 2001, Lori got married for a third time to a man named Joseph Anthony Ryan Jr. Both her and her son Colby took the last name Ryan. And the next year, on September 24th, 2002, the couple had a baby girl named Tylee Ashland Ryan. I like that last name. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? So I want to pause here because we're listing a lot of dates and I don't want this to get monotonous or confusing. This baby, Tylee Ryan, is now the 17-year-old girl who is missing. So just to refocus on why we're discussing this, that's Tylee, the missing girl. Now, among these many oddities of Chad Daybell, within his book, there was something strange that caused a controversy. Uh, this is very strange. In his book, there was apparently a scene that described a warrior angel drop-kicking a naughty spirit through a wall. Allegedly, because of the scene, his book got pulled from the shelves of Deseret bookstores. Which again is an LDS Mormon bookstore, but it sounds like a scene that would be in like a uh, Seth Rogen, James Franco movie. Yeah. After a few, I don't know what they're called anymore, blunts. <laughs> <laughs> Very accurate. Sorry, that took me forever to figure out that word. That's all right. Okay, so we're going to fast forward to 2004. February 23rd, Lori and her husband, Joe Ryan, buy a home in Driftwood, Texas. And a week after this, Chad started his own book company with his wife, Tammy, on the 1st of March. By the end of the summer of 2004, despite recently buying a home together, Lori filed for divorce from her husband on August 13th, 2004. And on May 18th, 2005, it was finalized. Yikes. So it takes 10 months to process a divorce? That's pretty crazy. It does. Well, I think it d depends on the marriage and stuff. You'd think it's something you could just be like, okay, 
check this, sign this, and you're good. Yeah. I really don't think it is, though. <laughs> yeah. What do I know? Less than a year after the divorce, on February 24th, 2006, Lori got married for a fourth time to Leland Charles Anthony Vallow in Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas wedding. I wonder how long they planned it. <laughs> in advance, you mean? Yeah. Uh, probably not too long. On August 8th, 2006, Joe filed to try to get custody of his daughter, Tylee, which started somewhat of a custody battle. She wasn't even four years old at this point, but now we're going to fast forward to January of 2007. Lori's other brother, Adam, was working as a radio host for KDND um, in Sacramento, California, but he ended up losing his job after a crazy incident that was just... Too weird not to include in this. <laughs> a 28-year-old woman named Jennifer Strange had been in the radio studio on a day where they had a water drinking competition. Ooh. Six hours after leaving the studio, she was found dead in her home. And the cause was water intoxication. What? Yeah. Apparently, doctors had been calling into the station warning the hosts of the dangers, but they chose to ignore the warnings. And this woman ended up losing her life. Okay. Which is terrifying. You'd think that if you drink enough water to die, that you'd, like, throw it up or something. Yes. But six hours later with no warning, that is scary. But it is also interesting that this happened on Adam Cox's watch based on the rest of this story. So my question is, is a hot dog eating competition safer than a water drinking competition? Probably. Unless you choke. Because you throw up the water, or you throw up the hot dogs, I guess. Remember that guy died during a taco eating competition last year? What? Yeah. Wow, Beto really wants to be on your lap. <laughs> He's literally on top of Zook. Yeah, he is. Poor Zucchini. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's just like, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> All right. On August 5th, 2007, Lori and Joe were still sharing custody of the children, and after meeting up one day to give the kids back to Lori, Joe was approached by her brother, Alex. And remember, Alex is the one that used his sister's credit card right after she died. Thank you. That does help me remember. Alex told Joe that they needed to talk and reached out to pull something out of his inside pocket. Joe thought he was pulling out a gun and turned to run away. But it turns out Alex had a stun gun. Alex lunged after Joe and tased him in the shoulder and back, causing him to fall to the ground. Um, that's assault? Like, literally, Joe was trying to run, and Alex went after him and still tased him? Mm-hmm. That, wow. Joe ran away from Alex after this, but Alex chased him until they came across a witness. After noticing this person, Alex left. Joe went home that day, thinking he was fine, but the next day, his chest, neck, and wrist were in a lot of pain. He went to get medical treatment, and they found that his wrist was fractured. After this, Joe was in fear of his life. So these last two little incidents show us a bit of the character of Lori's brothers, Alex and Adam. Adam was at least neglectful and not concerned with the welfare of another person after getting those warnings from the doctors and... This negligence led to a person dying. Mm -hmm. That's 
insane. Hmm. Then Alex straight up assaulted his sister's ex-husband and caused him to break his wrist. So two very irresponsible life choices there. But now we're going to jump forward to 2012 when the second missing child we're talking about tonight was born. On May 25th, 2012, Joshua Jackson Vallow was born in Louisiana to the grandnephew of Lori's husband. They called him JJ for short, and eventually he was diagnosed with both autism and ADHD. Again in June of 2012, Joe filed to get custody of his daughter, Tylee. And in 2013, Lori and Charles adopted their grandnephew, JJ. We haven't talked about Chad in a while, but we finally have something more on him. In 2014, he met a person who actually shared his interesting interests. Her name was Julie Rowe. Chad helped her publish a book that she had written about a near-death experience she had in 2004, and it was similar to Chad's. This led to a close friendship between her and the Daybells. Daybells. She would come to visit Chad and his wife at their home once a month. In August of 2014, Chad's mother rented a large cabin in Island Park, Idaho, where the whole extended family could fit. She loved organizing big family get-togethers like this. On the way up to the cabin, they stopped at a gas station in St. Anthony, Idaho, north of Rexburg, and while he was pumping gas, he was looking at a nearby valley when he claims he heard another voice tell him, You'll live here soon. Nice voice. Thank you. <laughs> now, Chad takes his voices very seriously, and he took this as something he needed to make happen. But he knew his wife Tammy wouldn't be too fond of this new information. Understandably, it's a big life change. While they were at his mom's cabin, the idea of moving there appealed more and more to Chad. It was a beautiful and fun place to be, so he resolved that he would make it happen. Later that same year, Lori and Charles moved their, with their two children down to Priceville, Hawaii, and they started a business called Juice Island on the island of Kauai. Well, that sounds pleasant. Yeah, it sounds like something you would do. It does. A couple months after this, in February of 2015, Chad Daybell and his wife moved to Salem, I, is it Salem or Solemn? I always get that mixed up. Salem. Salem, Idaho. To get their footing in Idaho while they looked for a home. And in June of 2015, they bought a house in Rexburg, Idaho. Tammy got the librarian position at the Central Elementary School in Sugar City, Idaho. Back to Lori in Hawaii. In July of 2016, she got caught texting while she was driving and got a ticket. Not a good idea, kids. On September 24th, 2016, it was Tylee's 14th birthday. Lori posted a picture of Tylee to Instagram with the caption that said, Happy birthday to my little girl who is all grown up. Your mommy loves you so much. Followed by nine red hearts. How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like things were good in September of 4 days after this, Lori closed one of the three locations of Juice Island that she had opened in Princeville. As time went on, all three of them closed down. Oh, what a bummer. They never reported any taxes after 2015 and they were marked as delinquent. Now, Tylee was doing well in school at the time 
In December of 2016, she was on the honor roll at the Kappa High School where she was a freshman. Sometime between then and early 2017, Lori decided she wanted to split from Charles, and she took the kids and moved back up to the continental states in Arizona. So that was her fourth husband, right? Third at the time? Wait, I was it her it fourth? I think it was her fourth. Wow. <laughs> it's hard to follow all of her husbands. In March of 2017, it seemed like Chad was expecting a catastrophic earthquake to happen in the United States because he was holding off on the publication of a book that he was nearly done with until that earthquake happened. And remember, he had those experiences with near-death things, and now he was starting to have visions and hear things. And at this point, he was calling himself a prophet. But on July 12th, 2017, a podcast was launched that Chad would become involved in. The podcast was called Preparing a People, and it was launched by Michael and Nancy James. Their first episode was called, Is Rexburg, Idaho, the Promised Land? Hmm. So they'll get along swimmingly with Chad. And Chad... Who says that? (laughs) (laughs) And Chad made an appearance on this episode to talk about his latest book, and it was called Living on the Edge of Heaven. Yeah, Idaho's pretty nice. Is it, though? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they do have potatoes there, so. They have pretty mountains. They do. We actually were there not not too long ago. That summer, Chad was speaking at a function when he met a woman from Arizona named Melanie Gibb, who was part of Preparing a People, which was a a religious group spinoff of the LDS Church. Melanie taught classes to assist people on their spiritual journey. She asked Chad if he'd come speak in her hometown of Mesa, Arizona, which he did the next year. But just before that, Tylee's dad, Joseph, died suddenly, and they assumed it was a heart attack. He was found on April 3rd after a neighbor called in a welfare check, but he'd actually been dead for around three weeks when they found him. For some reason... They only examined him externally instead of doing a real autopsy, and then he was cremated. So, that's that. But how sad would it be to be dead for three weeks before someone noticed? It's, that's really sad. In July of 2018, Chad traveled down to Mesa, Arizona to give that speaking engagement, along with another guy named Jason Moe. Now, it turns out that Melanie was good friends with Lori Vallow. This is the day Chad met Lori when they had lunch with Melanie. In December of that year, Lori and Melanie launched a podcast called Preparing a People, Time to Warrior Up, along with Jason Moe, with a focus on powerful women. And Preparing a People, that was the religious group. Um, Some people would call it a cult, but they had their own podcast network where different people, you know, released podcasts based on this. Very interesting. Kind of a doomsday. Doomsday preppers? Is what I would call them. On January 15th of 2019, Chad Daybell guested on the Time to Warrior Up podcast to talk about his past near-death experiences. And at this point, he actually was claiming that he'd actually died twice in the past. Hmm. So that's something to break about. At some point in January or February, Lori dropped off JJ with her estranged husband, Charles, and Tylee with another family friend. 
Then she just disappeared. On February 8th, 2019, Charles filed for divorce against Lori. So she literally had just abandoned the family. But a month later, he dropped those um, divorce filings, and they just planned to remain legally separated. 58 days after disappearing, she finally showed back up, but never told anyone where she had gone. And around this time, uh, Charles was starting to suspect her of infidelity. And the more we discuss, you'll realize there's a lot of mystery wrapped up in this entire case. In May of 2019, Chad met up with an actress named Valentina and a filmmaker named Devin K. Hansen, and they discussed making one of Chad's book, books called Chasing Paradise, into a movie. So big plans for Chad in the works. He'd planned to appear at a Preparing a People event that summer, but on May 31st, he called up and canceled due to a family emergency. We don't really have details on that, but... Hmm. That happened. Two weeks after this, on June 13th, 2019, Lori sent money to her oldest son, Colby, for medicine. This was the last time she used her Venmo account. So this preparing a people thing that Lori and Chad were into, um, a lot of people would consider it to be a cult. It was very heavily focused on the end of the world. And Chad considered himself kind of a leader within. They were almost like a spin-off of this spin-off group which Chad was starting. So he referred to himself as a Latter-day Saint, which got him excommunicated from the LDS church. So um, they claimed that their little preparing a people thing was affiliated with the Mormon religion, but officially it has no connection and it's more of an LDS Protestant situation really. Hmm. So in June of 2019, Lori got her niece, Melanie Boudreaux, into preparing a people as well. Now, this is a different Melanie than the one that Lori podcasts with. Okay. So Melanie, her niece, started spending a lot of time with Lori and her new religious group, along with Chad Daybell. She ended up demanding a divorce from her husband, Brandon. And on July 11th, 2019... Something absolutely crazy happened in this family. At this time, although although they were estranged, Lori was living in a house Charles owned, and JJ and Tylee were there with her, as well as Lori's brother, Alex Cox. Charles showed up on the morning of the 11th to pick up JJ and take him to school. Somehow, Alex and Charles got into a heated argument. So Lori and both the kids were there at the house at the time. And I'm guessing it was some kind of dispute over the custody or something, but it did not end well. Alex ended up shooting Charles twice in the chest. Then he called 911 and performed CPR until first responders arrived. He told them that Charles attacked him with a baseball bat, and he shot him in self-defense. Charles did not survive the shots. They took Alex's word for it, and no charges were brought against him. Wow, that's... That's something. Yeah, it's really weird to me because he shot him in the chest twice. Like, one shot in the foot could incapacitate a threat. And even if shooting him in the chest was an accident, why shoot him twice? Like, he felt his life was threatened when he had a gun and Charles just had a baseball bat? Right? To me, this sounds similar to last week. 
In August of 2019, JJ had a FaceTime call with his paternal grandparents, Larry and Kay Woodcock. And like we said, these kids are missing now. And this was the last time Larry and Kay would talk to their grandchildren. On the 6th of August, money was sent to Lori's oldest son, Colby, again. But this time, from an account in Tylee's name. And again, like we mentioned, JJ had autism and he had a therapy dog. And he also had a tablet with special programs to help him. But on August 9th, 2019, JJ's therapy dog was sold. So, Hmm. apparently they didn't care to keep him around. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Chad had a blog for his Preparing a People rants, where he would post regularly. But his last blog post was on August 24th, 2019. Yeah, so he posted once a month from January to April of 2019, then once in August. But nothing since then, so it's Hmm. irregular. Sometime between August and September of 2019, Lori took the kids from Arizona and moved up to Rexburg, Idaho, the place that Chad had lived. Again, in September 11, 2019, money was sent to Lori's son, Kobe Ryan, from Tylee's Venmo. So am I the only one that thinks it's odd that a 17-year-old girl would be sending money to her 24-year-old brother? And... I mean, if it's from Lori, why isn't she using her own account? But this next bit makes it all even more odd. On the 23rd, Chad texted Devin Hansen, the filmmaker, they had been talking to so much, saying, Thanks so much. But this was the last Devin heard from Chad. That same day, JJ was at school. But that was the last time he was seen. The next day was Tylee's 17th birthday, but no one remembers seeing her at school. So both JJ and Tylee were missing by the end of September 2019, like five months ago, and neither have been seen since. But the activity didn't stop on Tylee's Venmo. Um, we'll get to more of that later, but do you remember Julie Rowe? She's the woman who Chad helped write a book. She had a phone call with Chad in early October, that had some interesting things in it. For a while, Chad had told people he was receiving prophecies about the death of his wife, Tammy. On the phone call, Julie asked him, do you still see Tammy dying? And he said, yes. Huh. On the 2nd of October, something crazy happened to Brandon Boudreau. Remember, he's the husband of Lori's niece, Melanie. Brandon was in his driveway when a Jeep drove by and someone shot at Brandon from the Jeep. Fortunately, the bullet missed him and shattered the window in his car. But the Jeep was caught on camera, and it turns out, it matched the description of the 17-year-old Tylee's Jeep. So that's weird. They confirmed it by the license plate. It was still registered to the recently killed Charles Vallo. So... This is when things go from a bit odd to just messed up. Like, why would someone shoot at Brandon from Tylee's Jeep? Like, I mean, you can't even assume it's Tylee. Right. It's obviously not her. On October 4th, Chad Dable's wife, Tammy, went on a trip back home to Springville, Utah to visit her parents. She had some quality time with them and did a Zumba class 
and an Appalachian clogging dance class with her dad. Well, that just sounds amazing. Yeah, and just so uh, I can avoid the backlash that we got last week, <laughs> I just want to clarify. Traditional Appalachian clogging is characterized by loose, often bent knees and a drag slide <laughs> motion of the foot across the floor and is usually performed to old-time music. Very good, very good. So, thank you, Wikipedia. Shortly after she returned home on October 9th, Tammy was outside her home in Idaho when she was approached by a masked man with a gun. She called 911 to report it and even posted about it on Facebook. The post from October 9th, 2019 said, Something really weird just happened, and I want you to know so you can watch out. I had gotten home and parked in our front driveway. As I was getting stuff out of the back seat, a guy wearing a ski mask was suddenly by the side of my car with a paintball gun. He shot at me several times, although I don't think it was loaded. I yelled for Chad, and he ran off around the back of my house. So this is a strange event. The next day, Tylee's Venmo sent money to Colby again, as well as six days later on the 16th. So I know it's hard to keep track of all this because there are so many people, so many attacks. Um, so that was Tammy, who just had someone come into her yard and was very threatening. Now we're going back to Lori's niece's husband, Brandon. He's the one that had the drive-by shooting. Okay. Brandon got a text from Melanie about two weeks after the drive-by shooting, where she let him know that she was moving to Boise, Idaho. Via text. On October 19th, Chad called Tammy's family, who she had just been with, to let her know that she had passed away in the middle of the night after having a coughing fit right after going to bed. So, Tammy suddenly died. And this had to be so shocking to her parents because she was literally just with them, healthy as ever, going to dance classes. When you add this up with everything else and the prophecy where Chad saw that she was going to die, it's very suspicious and weird. It almost makes you wonder if he did it to make his followers think that he was an actual prophet. Mm, maybe. You know? Tammy was buried on October 22, 2019, and no autopsy was ever performed. That same day, Melanie and Brandon's divorce was finalized. Now, Brandon had suspicions about Melanie and felt like she was behind the attempt on his life in early October. And he used that as a basis to file for full custody of the kids. By the way, they had four kids at the time, but... In these papers, he requested that she would not see the children unsupervised because hmm. he didn't trust her. That's very interesting. The next month, on November 14, 2019, Melanie Boudreaux was back in Utah at Brandon's parents' house, snooping on their property. They called the police, and she was arrested for trespassing. But they released her the same day. Huh. So, so many things. So many weird things. So now here's the real kicker spin in this whole thing. On November 15, 2019, Chad Daybell, whose wife had just died less than a month earlier, got married to... Lori Vallow. That was a bad drum roll. <laughs> they ran off to Hawaii and eloped. So that's odd. 
Again, Lori's kids hadn't been seen since September. And on November 26th, someone called in a welfare check on JJ. Police arrived at the home in Rexburg, Idaho, and Chad and Lori were there, but they told the police that JJ was staying at a friend's house in Arizona. So they were like, okay, and they left, but this time they did their due diligence and looked into this family friend. It took them one day to determine that there was no family friend in Arizona. On the 27th, they got a search warrant to search the home in relation to the whereabouts of JJ. So before they headed over to the home to execute the warrant, they pinged one of the phones to make sure they were there, and it pinged in the general vicinity of the home, but by the time they got there, no one was there. So Lori and Chad had bounced. Hmm. The local police contacted the FBI for help to find JJ. Later that day, they found that Tylee had not been seen since September either. So these kids are still missing now. And we will post their pictures to our Instagram, or you can just Google them. But keep an eye out for them. Hopefully they're out there somewhere. But the story doesn't end there. On November 29th, Lori's brother Alex got married in Las Vegas to a woman named Zulimar Pastinas. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> And the day after that, Lori's niece, Melanie, got married to a man named Ian Pawlowski, who had also recently gotten divorced in July of 2019. And he was also part of the Preparing a People cult. So lots of Las Vegas weddings. Lots of divorce and then remarriage and then splitting up. Which is odd with LDS people, isn't it? Yeah, it should be odd. So anyway, around this time, authorities are realizing... That a lot of weird crap has been happening in and around the lives of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. On December 11th, they decided to exhume the body of Tammy Daybell, Chad's late wife. They are working on an autopsy, but as of today, there are still no results. It's safe to say it's extremely suspicious. Now, Alex Cox, Lori's brother, who the one that shot her ex-husband Charles, and also just got married in Las Vegas on November 29th, he was found dead on December 12th of unknown causes. Mm. What the heck is going on? The autopsy for him is also still in progress. Um, on December 21st, Lori and Chad were named persons of interest for the death of Tammy and the disappearance of Tylee and JJ. JJ's paternal grandparents appeared on Fox News on the 22nd, pleading for help to find the kids. Yeah, these poor family members that have been affected by all this, they just didn't see any of it coming. Larry said that less than a year ago, everything was just totally normal with Lori and everything. And now, all of a sudden, it's all a mess. Brandon, Melanie's ex, pins it all on when Lori met Chad Daybell. He noticed that that was when a drastic change happened in her. So we have a quote from him speaking to the media, and I'll read that. It says, I spent the last 11 years of my life spending time with Lori and her now-deceased husband, Charles. I don't know what happened to those kids, but I know there's people who do know, and they're not talking. I think it's an infatuation with the end of the world, and an infatuation with power, and they're using it to try to make money off of people's beliefs. 
that makes sense. Because, you know, if he killed his wife to convince people that he was a prophet so he could build up his followers, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of makes sense to me. So his quote continues, A couple months ago, there was an attempt on my life, so I went into hiding with my kids, and all I could think was, someone's shooting at me, what do I need to do? I need to hit the gas and get out of here. So people are being terrorized in the situation, and no one knows what's going on. And this kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of those shows about people trying to escape a cult. You remember mm-hmm. that, Rosie? Yeah, it's super interesting. And they would like show up at the house and try to help them escape. Mm-hmm. What yeah. was that? I can't remember, but it's gonna bug me now. I think it's called something like breaking out of a cult. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, we'll have to look into it and share it mm-hmm. next time. On December twenty third, the Daybell's attorney released a statement on their behalf. He said. Chad Daybell was a loving husband and has the support of his children in this matter. Lori Daybell is a devoted mother and resents assertions to the contrary. We look forward to addressing the allegations once they have moved beyond speculation and rumor. It's funny how they always deflect to something that's not related to actual questions. Like, where are the kids? Mm -hmm. I'm a devoted mother and I resent assertions to the contrary. It's like, that's not the answer to the question. So it sure doesn't look like what this lawyer is saying is true. But okay, whatever. A former FBI agent named Danny Coulson speculated on Fox News that JJ and Tylee are being held by members of the Doomsday Prepping Cult. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past these people. I mean, someone shot at Brandon out of Tylee's Jeep, even though she hasn't been seen. So someone has her car, and it's not her. On December 26th, the episodes featuring Chad and Lori were removed from the Preparing a People podcast. An anonymous friend of Lori's offered a little insight into Lori's mindset leading up to these events. She said that Lori was 100% into the end of times, the end of the world, and she would tell me, no, you really got to start preparing for the end of the world. You got to start getting your stuff together. She would order stuff all the time. And she would tell me I needed to read all these books written by Chad Daybell. Those books she got really obsessed with. And she started buying me those books too. She must have gotten close to him for the, his books. Lori would say things to me like, I'm never going to get divorced again. I'm on my fourth husband. And then she would tell me, you got to get rid of your husband. We'll just go off and do our own thing. It's going to be the end of the world. And we should just, we should all just drive off a cliff and kill us and our kids and die all all the same time. Wow. That's quite the quote. We can't say for sure if this source is 100% reliable because it's anonymous and, you know, it's word of mouth. But if this friend is telling the truth, That's absolutely insane. After all this started coming out, Julie Rowe came out and spoke more about the prophecies Chad told her about Tammy's death. He claimed that angels had told him that he was going to lose Tammy. Julie said Chad told her he wanted to get out of the publishing business, but that Tammy did not. He said, I'm ready to get out and Tammy doesn't want to get out. When she passes, I'm done. I can't keep doing this. It's almost as if he has two motives. Someone in Rexburg told the police that a couple weeks after Tammy Daybell's death, 
They had heard Lori saying that Ty Lee died a year before her father, Joe Ryan, died. So he died in April 2018. Um, and Ty Lee was seen like in the summer of 2018. So this obviously can't be true, let alone a year before this. So this was, hmm. you know. Confusing. On December 30th, the filmmaker and actress working with Chad Daybell officially canceled the movie plans after not hearing from him since September 23rd. On January 3rd, 2020, the Rexburg police teamed up with the FBI to search Chad and Tammy's former home again. They collected 43 items for evidence, including phones, computers, journals, documents, and medications. On January 5th, Lori's oldest son, Colby, made a public plea to his mother via YouTube to bring his siblings home safely. He said, You have the power to end this. You have an opportunity to put it put this all to rest. And let's just hope there's no attempt on his life after that. It's really sad, because when you watch this, you can get a glimpse into how this is all affecting him. And in the video, he emotionally says that he feels ignored angry and confused like can you imagine your mom just disappearing like this and not seeming to care about finding your siblings mm. or talking to you about it at all so Lori and chad they were missing for two months from november um to january but just last week wow. they were located on january 25th 2020 police in Kauai, hawaii located chad daybell and Lori vallow and the way they were found is infuriating they had been staying in a luxury townhome which cost six thousand one hundred and fifty dollars a month but the kids were nowhere to be found with them so they're just living it up having a nice vacation while the rest of the country is trying to find their kids wow When she was found, Lori was court-ordered to physically produce the children before a judge by January 30th in Rexburg, Idaho. But the days came and went, and she never showed up to court. Hmm. In fact, they never even left Hawaii, and they are still free. No arrests have been made. So, this sounds really weird, but my guess would be they don't want to scare them away while they build a case with the evidence they found. You know, but mm. despite not having closure, the real point of this episode is keep your eyes open for these kids because we still don't know if they're out there or not. You know, let's hope they are. Hmm. What a strange string of events. I know. <laughs> I don't know. This don't is know a pretty different it. episode for us because it's more of a timeline than a story. But right. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It's fascinating it's you know hard to wrap your mind around because there's so many weird things that have happened in yes these people's lives right so many deaths and yeah it's weird hopefully we'll get more information soon but yeah that's it that's it um so you have anything else to say before we get to the reviews rosie just said i'm sorry i kept on messing up my words i was just tongue-tied tongue twisted tied just you have your mind on other things it's like my tongue was that little tie you have around a bread bag i don't know why is your mind somewhere else 
Um, it's on vacation. That's what I thought. <laughs> You've officially checked out. Yes. Yeah, so tomorrow morning we leave for our trip. And, yeah, I think we could both use one. I think so, too. It's been a busy few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we got a couple nice reviews to read. Which one do you want to read, Rosie? The short one, so I don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the first one is entitled, Seriously, Guys, period. It's from CJH Podcast <laughs> Junkie. <laughs> um, from the United States on Apple Podcasts. They say, I do not understand why people have such strong opinions of Ryan's voice. Oh, you should read this one. I don't like time. Come on, on you can do it. He is obviously such a caring and compassionate human being. Why does his asthma voice <laughs> make people react so harshly? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the realness and compassion of VOV, and I'll listen as long as it's on air. Thank you. And Ryan... Let your asthma voice shine. <laughs> Whoever lets it bother them that much is obviously not interested in what matters in a person. Keep it up. Y'all rock. That Yay. is so nice. That's like a really solid, Thank you. genuine review. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Appreciate not as much as you did, probably. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, second one is entitled Hooked. and says, just started listening two days ago and already hooked. Love how they interact with each other. And how they tell the stories. Thank you, Amber52389. Funny thing about this review is that it's from 2018. Like, <laughs> over a year ago. So, we appreciate it, Amber. Sorry it took so long to read it. Um, now, I think that's it. I think that that is it. <laughs> I think we uh, need to go pack. Need to go back? Pack. Oh, I'm like back. Are you texting right now? Just my dad about the trip. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Obviously, we are ready to go on vacation, so we will wrap things up. Um, We'll miss you guys. We will have an episode coming out next week that's already recorded. Um, So keep stay tuned for that. And yeah, yeah, I'm. I am ready to have a Long Island on the beach and um, get tan, as tan as my pasty skin will let me (laughs) before burning. Awesome. Well, if you're new to us, you can follow us on uh, Instagram at VOV Podcast, Twitter at VOV Pod, email us at VOVpodcast at gmail.com, and yeah. Oh, our Facebook group was the Victim Support System interact with other listeners so cool yeah thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week bye